Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast this Sunday, April 4, 2021. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we come before your throne of mercy, thanking you for your son Jesus who died for us on the cross and rose again for justification. That's why we have access to you this morning. We pray, Lord, that your light will shine upon all who watch, upon all who listen, Lord, and that you will enable them to walk in the path you for them for them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon this whole gathering, those watching, listening, wherever they are. Have your way, O Lord, our God, in our lives. And speak to us, we pray. Dear Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental is taken today again from our brother Caleb Brassi. We thank him and may the Lord continue to bless and continue to enlarge his cause. We are continuing with our series, The Holy Spirit, Helper, Teacher and Guide. The series outline you already, for those of you who have been following, so we're going to continue skipping to the next one, the next slide. Last Sunday, we spoke, but no one can ever stop the work of the Holy Spirit. The enemy will try. False leaders will try. But the law fell. Even the Roman emperors could not succeed. Today we are on the 11th topic. The 20th, 20th century spirits are boring. That's today's topic. The outline, the rise of tribal church organizations. Two, Europe invades the world. Three, but the Holy Spirit was left out. But God raised faithful witnesses. Then the 1906 Azusa Street Revival. God is looking for those who believe his word and study his word and act on his word and live according to his word. All of them have to take place together. Number one, the rise of tribal church organizations. First scripture, please. I read from Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. Praise the Lord. Rome, by Rome we mean the Roman Catholic Church, representing Western Christianity. See, we are talking about the 15th, 16th century now. And Constantinople, representing the Eastern Orthodox Christianity, had dominated Christianity before 15th, 17. Before this date, they dominated Christianity, East and West. But by 1517, protest, Protestantism changed that. 
as the Bible was translated into more and more European languages, remember the printing press, there was a great demand because more and more people wanted to read the Bible on their own, in their own languages. That helped increase knowledge. Knowledge increased. That led to so many other things. But let's stay on Christianity. And printing presses all over Europe were busy churning out Bibles, printing them, and people were reading. And people were moving all over the place because they now can hear the truth, reading the scriptures by themselves, not through intermediaries. And as more and more European nation states, actually these nation states at this time are called them tribes. So forget it, I will not use nation states again if I do to be by error, but they are tribes. They adopted one form of what came to be known as Protestantism in one form or the other. The more these tribes of Europe adopted this new wave, the influence of the Roman Catholic Church continued to wane. The Roman Catholic Church's attempt to regain domination of Europe created instability, sometimes wars. In the emerging tribes, which would now become you know, nation states at some future date, some of the reformers' dependence on secular powers led to what would become tribal church organizations. That means each tribe have their own understanding of what the scripture means. A state actor, in this case it should be a tribal actor, who is a patron or protector of a reformer or a church group, would naturally like to be involved in the organization and the doctrines. You can't say something against them. They are protecting you. So each tribe had their own, what they understand now as their Christianity. It's important to note this. Members of the Protestant groups in tribes who oppose such union of state and church, because some people say no, but the Bible said we should not ally ourselves with the state, we should ally ourselves with tribes or the leaders. Some of them were persecuted too. Sometimes some were even killed. The persecuted of yesterday became those who are now persecuting others. Between 1517 and 1900, note that date, the cultures of the tribes of Europe had great influence on most of the church organizations and denominations in their domain. Please note, I said, when you look at European map today, it's not what it was then. They were tribes. And I'm saying, their cultures had great influence on whatever the church in their domain stood for. Doctrinal differences and competition for power and space. See, they were fighting each other, often led to intra and inter-tribal wars. Tribes often used their brand of Christianity to whip up sentiment, recruit young men and women, well, that time young men, galvanize their citizens into sending money to them to enable them fight against other tribes. 
That was the state of Europe between 1500 and 1900. Next topic, or next item actually. Europe invents the world. See, there's a lot of confusion there. They're fighting each other. The space is getting smaller and smaller, so they move out. And it became catastrophic for the world, as far as I'm concerned. Wars and contests for supremacy by these European tribes did not end up in the European territories. If they had remained in Europe, I contend the world would have been a better place. European tribes mobilized and sent boats carrying soldiers and implements of war to conquer the rest of the world. And often on those boats were missionaries carrying Bibles. How in Congress, the sword or the bayonet, Bibles, soldiers, missionaries. Those boats were symbols of European tribal political cultural and doctrinal differences. And they carried those disputes from Europe. They are culturally conditioned Christianity, which is not true Christianity. They carried them to the rest of the world. They polluted the world with their doctrinally incorrect practices. As those European tribal armies invaded Americas, Asia and Africa. They took territories. They killed the natives, took their lands, and imposed their culturally conditioned Christianity on the natives. Not only did they take their lands, they brought in their differences. They brought in implements of war and various native tribes to fight each other. Even as see they fought each other. And sometimes they will invade each other's conquered territory in this, the rest of the world and fight there using some of the natives too. So they brought, look, don't get me wrong, there were tribes in the Americas and Asia fighting each other. But often they were using arrows, bows and arrows. But these guys now brought in the real deal and they polluted the world. And missionaries who accompanied these invading armies couldn't stop the barbaric acts of their countrymen as they pillaged and killed natives of the conquered territories. As far as I'm concerned, they too were witting unwitting promoters of cultural imperialism. For them too, the Caucasian race was superior to other races. Even some of them discriminated too and showed it in their acts and utterances. Next item. But the Holy Spirit was left out. That was the problem as Europe went into their tribal church organizations. Had they involved the Holy Spirit to have been a different story. Protestants claim Rome and Constantinople had departed from the gospel of Christ, which is why they protested, hence the name Protestants. But rather than build on the foundation, which is Christ, the emerging Protestant church organizations retain the foundation of the Roman Catholic Church, which they claim they have left. So the foundation is still there. 
they retained the clergy laity divide. You know, some are priests, some are lay people. You see, that is fundamental to the destruction of biblical Christianity. And then they also gave up the impression that buildings are churches. So there was the rush to build more and more buildings, cathedrals all over the place. And of course, they taxed the people. So what's in the situation? The protest, the Protestant church organizations married their cultures. Their tribalism they now call nationalism. See, that's the rise of the nation states. In effect, the Protestant church organizations of Europe were practicing syncretism. They were no better than the Roman Catholic Church. Had they not been so tribalistic, I mean, they were tribalistic, quote me, racism will come later. They would have sought the Spirit's counsel as they broke from the Roman Catholic Church. Even Luther, Martin Luther, who started in the Spirit, ended up forming alliance with the German princes, which is the world, as he sought to escape it at the hands of the Roman Catholic Church. Imagine if Luther had not sought that. And allow Rome to carry him and, and, and kill him. Who knows what would have happened? Because they let the Holy Spirit and incorporated their cultures into what they claim now is Christianity. They were teaching and practicing doctrines of human beings. Many of those who were shouting sola scriptura, meaning only the scriptures, only the Bible. They were not using that Bible. See, they shout it. Sola Scriptura. Only the scriptures, only the Bible. These same human beings were also trading human beings. As the slave trade, slave trade, you know, became very rampant in that period. Some of them were even slave owners. Sola Scriptura. And they were only human beings. It was in this period that the worst crime against humanity was committed. That's my view, and I stand by it. The transatlantic slave trade, where human beings were transported from Africa into the Americas to be used like beasts of body, for me is the worst crime in the whole world since the war began. And some who claim they were Christian leaders even gave sham theological justification for the slavery. Yes. So called theologians there. So called. Uh, Priests, pastors, whatever name they go, even the Pope in Rome had some slaves at some point. Next scripture, please. Read from Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 to 14. Hypocrites, what did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me? And in vain they worship me, teaching us doctrines, the commandments of men. Verse 10, when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. 
there are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Praise the Lord. And in vain they worship me, teaching us doctrines, the commandments of men. Teaching us doctrines, the cultures of tribes. Teaching us doctrines, their selfish and wicked, greed-based doctrines. But let's look at what verse 13 says. Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be what? Uprooted. That goes for every apostate church in the whole world today. Notice that my Lord and Savior says, if he didn't plant you, you'll be uprooted. Praise the Lord. Next item. God raised faithful witnesses. In the midst of that economy, in the midst of that great apostasy wars and rumors of wars in Europe, God still raised faithful witnesses. God will always have faithful witnesses. In the midst of the syncretism, because that's what all the churches now in Europe and uh, wherever we are practicing. And evils like slavery being justified. God continued to raise faithful witnesses between 1600 and 1900. These witnesses hungered and cried for the spirit outpouring. They cried and prayed for a revival that could liken Pentecost. And God did answer their cries and prayers from time to time. If you read the church history, you see there were revivals that took place, but there were many revivals. They will not be compared to what God was about to do in Azusa in Los Angeles, praise the Lord. What am I trying to say? Azusa in Los Angeles was as a result of the cries and prayers of saints from 16th century going on to 19th century. Their cries for the Holy Spirit to come down again like he did on the day of first, the first Pentecost. Praise the Lord. The 1906 Azusa Street Revival. Praise the Lord. I would like you, those of you who have been following, to recall some of the things we said when we introduced this series. The Holy Spirit, Helper, Teacher, and Guide on the 24th of January. We said some of things like this. God raised his banner in Azusa, Los Angeles, California, in the United States of America in 1906. When the Holy Spirit enveloped what we call a transgressive gathering of believers. Transgressive means they were really against what ought to be happening. You are, you are, I will explain as I go on. Why did God choose that gathering of believers and not those in other places in the United States of America or for that matter in any other country in the world? To answer that question, we have to understand the state of play in the early 20th century United States of America. America had just finished fighting a civil war. And in that civil war, even though the claim is states right, it was actually slave war. Those who wanted to continue to keep human beings enslaved, including some of the churches, organizations from tribal Europe that have now invaded America, stolen the land of the natives, and are now owning the lands, and now imported slaves from Africa, millions, 
to be what? Like horses. In fact, they were treated worse than horses. That's the state of play in early 20th century United States of America. Why I say this is because I will assert at some future teaching that that state of play continues even till today and will be one of the things that will bring the end of the world. Overt racism was rife. And segregation of people on the basis of their skin tone was out of the day. Especially in the southern states of the United States of America. Those not looking like Caucasians. As if you didn't come from Europe looking like Caucasians. You could be born to life on the merest accusation. Like a little African boy talking to a Caucasian female. Even saying good morning. It could be enough and you are dead. Some of those racist hate groups in the southern United States, like the second iteration of the Ku Klux Klan, were using the name of the Lord as they committed these atrocities. Places of gathering of believers were segregated in the southern states of the United States of America. That means if I walk in there, I cannot enter. If, I, if even I'm allowed near the basement, underground there, it will be used a bathroom that the Caucasians don't use. Reserved only for what? People of my color. Please note something. Caucasians, including those who claim to be Christians, are the originators of racism. They are the implementers of segregationist policies. It happened in South Africa, in fact, all over the world. They taught the rest of the world the different hues of the skin. <clears throat> Black, dark, brown, whatever. And they claimed white as their color. Nobody's white. They fought that Christ. They, they, sorry, they forgot. That Christ died on the cross. He brought grace for all of us. There's no Jew or Gentile. There's no black. There's no brown. There's no other colors. For them, those with best skills were less than women. That's why they made them slaves and treated them worse than their animals. In 1906, California was one of the few states where people of all skin tones could gather together to worship God. That's why I said it was a transgressive gathering. They would have been transgressive in other states, but in California, that was unallowed. I believe that God, who is God, made a statement to the racists and the supremacists who claim to be his followers, but we are acting contrary to his teachings. That's why he came down that, you know, they'll be crying for revival. The slave owners, they wanted everybody else was crying for revival. But yet, they were committing heinous crimes. Raping the little girls, whom some of them could even be their, some of their, you know, children. Yes, that's happened. This is history. I'm not quoting anything that is wrong. I'm here to speak truth to everybody, including myself. The Azusa Street Revival was made by people, by of all people. See, see, that's why, God, I love you. You are God. Lord Jesus, thank you. Of four people, a one-eyed, one eye, only one eye, 35-year-old African-American, see, see, a son of free slaves, 
Then William Seymour. Tell me why God is not God. God made a statement that he cried for revival for 300, 400 years. And when he came, he used the lowest of the low in their minds to propel the greatest revival since the first Pentecost. I want everybody to know those who claim they are Pentecostals. Because next Sunday I'm going to come hard on you who say you're Pentecostal. Because I will claim that most of you are apostate Pentecostals. You are not Pentecostals. You are false Pentecostals. Because if you are not following the steps of Azusa Street Revival, you are a false Pentecostal. And that is my major issue next Sunday. Tune in and watch and listen. The Azusa Street Revival was led by four people, one-eyed. Oh my God, thank you, Jesus. Yes, African-American, a son of free slaves, named who? William Sibon. He had come from Texas on invitation to preach at a church in Los Angeles. During his first sermon, he preached that speaking in tongues was the first biblical evidence of the inevitable infilling of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know what happened? The following Sunday, which was March 4 of 1906, he returned to the church and found that the church had padlocked the door so he didn't get any entrance. You can't stop God. Next reading, please. From Wikipedia. On the night of April 9th, 1906, Simon and seven men were waiting on God on Bonnie Bray Street when suddenly, as though hit by a bolt of lightning, they were knocked from their chairs to the floor and the other seven men began to speak in tongues and shout out loud, praising God. The news quickly spread. The city was stirred. Crowds gathered and a few days later, Simon himself received the Holy Spirit. Services were moved outside to accommodate the crowds who came from all around. People fell down under the power of God as they approached. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit and the sick were healed and sinners received salvation. Praise the Lord. What you heard is self-explanatory. As the crowds grew in that place, they moved to an old dilapidated two-story frame building at 312 Azusa Street. That's why Azusa Street Revival. In the industrial section. <laughs> Do you know what this building was being used for? It was a place they used to keep horses. So you can be sure the smell of you know horse excrements were all over the place. That was the only place they could go. Compared to when the Lord was born in a manger. And it was in this place that a continuous three-year revival occurred. This revival came to be known around the world as the Azusa Street Revival. Contrast the atmosphere in Azusa Street, a lively stable for horses, used for horses before. With the carnivals you see in your churches today, 
Yes, the globe-trotting, jet-owning pastors and leaders. Compare it with what you see today, the bands, everything. And you say you want the Holy Spirit to come. No, you will not come there. He didn't come in the first time when the Lord Jesus Christ came down. He went to the manger. When the first Pentecost happened, happened in the upper room where the apostles were hiding. And I'm sure it was not in the best part of town in Jerusalem. And when it happened again in Azusa, look at where it took place. You know what happened in those places people are clamoring for? Because God is God. Next reading, please. From Wikipedia again. Stanley H. Fresham in his book with signs following quotes an eyewitness description of the scene. The revel was characterized by spiritual experiences accompanied with testimonies of physical healing miracles, worship services, and speaking in tongues. The participants were criticized by some secular media and Christian theologians for behaviors considered to be outrageous and unorthodox, especially at the time. Praise the Lord. Note that speaking in tongues is a gift for spiritual empowerment. Contrary to teachings that say this first evangelism, meaning if you're not speaking a language, somebody else will understand. It is not, uh, you know, tongues. And note what happened again. Christians from many traditions mocked the early 20th century Pentecostals. Because that's what they came to be known. Unlike today, where the so-called Pentecostals are celebrated all over the world. They claim that the movement was hyper-emotional, misused scriptures, and lost focus on Christ by overemphasizing the Holy Spirit. Hypocrites. Some ministers even want their congregations to stay away from the Azusa Street Mission to almost every type of church. I'm blessing, claiming that Pentecostals one word the other, but they're not. Let's scripture, please. I read from Acts chapter 2, verses 13 to 18. Others mocking said, They are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Praise the Lord. Hear me well. Note that last scripture we read. We've been saying some things about it before. Because if you desire spirit baptism, pay attention now, because you can receive even as we are speaking now. Because I'm going to conclude this sermon by saying the following. Everything we do, you and I, if we say we're believers, must be about Jesus and his mission. Everything we do or say. And if you desire spirit baptism, if you have not been baptized in the spirit, which you must be baptized, I plead. Remember that Jesus Christ is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He's the one that baptizes 
in the Holy Spirit. He's the Savior of your life and the Lord of your life. Savior of my life and Lord of my life. If he is, and you desire spirit baptism, and pray, and ask him to baptize you, the Holy Spirit will come down on you. Ask in faith. Pray in his name to the Father. So the Father will say, yes, he's ready. Because with your spirit empowerment, please pay attention. This rest is very difficult. If you are not baptized in the spirit, you will continue to believe every wind of doctrine. They say it's there, you run there. They say it's other place, you go there. They say it's office, they say it's at the back, you run there. You will follow all types of Christianity and Pentecostalism or Protestantism. Everywhere you follow, and you continue to be duped by all these false pastors and Jews. Whatever they say, you believe. You sell your land and give them money because you want a seed offering. Why do you think apostate Christianity missed it? And why do you think apostate Pentecostalism missed it? They missed it because they did not rely on the Holy Spirit in their organizing principle. And when they failed, there was a void. And the enemy came and helped them to do what? Propel them. Hence the wars. Those can't be from God. Hence the battles, the killings, the mutilations, the slavery. All. But you, who have had the truth, don't hide the truth in your bedroom or in your living room. Take it to the world. If you believe what the ministry is doing for you, why don't you extend the teaching to others? Share the message. Subscribe to our Facebook. Subscribe, no, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to Facebook. Well, no, click on Facebook. Join our WhatsApp group. There are many things you can do. We're not asking for anything. We're only saying, as you have heard and believed, let others know too. That's all we're saying. Nothing more. That's all you have done and you have your evangelism starts. Because I can assure you, so many people have missed the way. The truth is in God's word. It's been mutilated. And our ministry is to contend for the gospel once we're delivered to the saints. Praise the Lord. We're going to sing a song. Can it be that I, and that means you, should gain an interest in the Savior's blood because our sins put him on the cross? Died he for me and you. I cost him pain, you cost him pain. For me, who him to death pursued? Amazing love. How can it be? For thou, my God, should die for me. Amazing love. I want you to ponder on this amazing love. And desire your heart to serve him and no other. To believe him and no other. And when you do, ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit and he will come down. 
God is looking for men and women at this hour who will contend for the gospel of Christ. For long, my imprisoned spirit was imprisoned by my body. It was fast bound in sin and in nature's night. Till my eye saw the ray from him. I awoke from my dungeon from the dungeon because the flesh bounced the spirit. And my chains fell off. And my heart was now free. That's what happens at salvation. I rose from the dungeon. I went forth and I followed him. And I followed him by his grace. This had something odd years. Amazing love. How can it be that you, my God, died for me? But you did. And forever you are my God. There's no condemnation now. I dread none. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is mine. Because I'm in Him. I'm alive in Him. My living head. He's my head. Not a human me. My head is my God. And I'm clothed in righteousness divine. And you are. If you're a child of God, both I approach the eternal throne as I pray each day, each moment. And you should be the same. And I claim the crown through Christ my own. That day on that earth, final day, I believe by His grace I'll claim that crown. And you also have to believe you claim that crown. If you can only but surrender today if you have never known Him. If you have never known His name or the Son's name, accept Christ as Lord and Savior today. And you will also begin to walk the walk to eternal life or on the rest. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And no man or woman will ever deceive you again. Yes, you will go forth to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Dear God, forgive us our sins of unbelief and foolishness, our laziness. Oh God, help us. Help us to embrace your son, Jesus, who died for us. Such a love, such amazing love. That he died for me. That he died for everyone. All he asks is that we believe. Help them open the eyes of men who are in bondage. To apostate Christianity. To apostate Pentecostalism. To apostate everything else. Help them Lord to know that your word is your word. And you have not changed it. And will not change it until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Give this understanding to your children, O oh Lord. And as many as will embrace this understanding, Lord, visit them if they have not yet received the spirit baptism, Lord, and let them be empowered that they may go forth to teach others in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, you are God. Many are passing through difficulties because they have accepted this truth and are afraid they may lose their jobs or lose something or something else. Father, open their eyes to know that you are God. All they have to do is to trust you. The way they trust a pilot moving in a plane, aircraft. Father, they should, the pilot can't, they should be trusting, but all of us trust him when we are there. 
Yet you are God. You are the pilot of the world. You are the pilot of the universe. You are the owner of the universe. I mean, we have to trust you. Help your children to trust you. Help me to trust you 100%. Help everybody else hearing this message to trust you 100%. And when they surrender, Lord, open their eyes to see that even in the midst of the dryness, there's an oasis around them for them to take water from. That the opportunities for them to continue to glorify your name, Lord. So that they will not reach out their hand to touch iniquity. Father, but if there are any child of God being oppressed today, wherever they are, Father, let us oppress us fall in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let them fall in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let them fall in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, my Father, my God. Blessings, glory, and honor are all yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll see you all by His grace next Sunday.